0: Welcome back to LJN Radio and into the podcast, I Want to Be A. And each time we gather, we'll finish that sentence with a new profession to give you some advice straight from the mouths of experts in each respective field. This is part two of I Want to Be an Aerospace Engineer. We're speaking with Kim Hicks, a systems engineer over at the well-known Boeing Company. During part two, Kim expresses what she loves about her job, but also some of the challenges that are a part of this profession. When you're going through some of these, you know, maybe you're testing or you talked about just sort of the the risk assessment in that type of situation. Are there any particular skills or personality traits that you feel are going to fit just the best way possible to succeed? And obviously, as we talked about what you have to have that education piece to it. But are there any other sort of factors that you would consider when you're maybe looking at a candidate, for example, in terms of the skill or personality side?
1: Yeah. So I think, like you said, the technical aspect is obviously important. You have to have the educational credentials and the technical background to be able to perform the test. But also just as importantly is um, being able to have the the right personality. You could be the smartest person in the world, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're the most effective in in executing the job and communicating the results. Somebody once uh, explained it or gave me the analogy of well, if you had all these really smart people in the room, and you had to be stuck on a on a space station with them in a, in a very small confined space um, for six months to a year, could you could you do it? Right. Could you, you put up with them. <laughs> um, do, do you necessarily want the the smartest people, or do you want the ones that could mm-hmm. do the job, but that you could also tolerate and communicate effectively with? Sure. And um, you know, it kind of helps put it put it in perspective. You, you have to be able to communicate across a pretty diverse uh, range of personalities and uh, to be able to to go, go through that and talk to speak to different people in a, in a way that's meaningful to them I think is incredibly important to have um, an outgoing personality to where you're um, kind of either self-sufficient that you'll take initiative I think um, speaks volumes to employers right. they don't necessarily want somebody that they have to babysit Every step of the way. So the fact that you, if you, if you can demonstrate that initiative, that you can effectively communicate what's going on, I think um, is hands down a top notch treat to have.
0: Would you say then for yourself that that sort of I guess there's a little bit of autonomy with that, but is that a part you love about your job? Is there another area that you would you would point to as saying you know I just this is this is why I'm in it. This is why I do it. Maybe something that's more hands on. What's what's really your love, your passion about what you do?
1: I think. My love and passion comes from the the products we create. I mean, I've, I've been privileged enough to work on such a diverse uh, variety of, of products. And it's, you know, it is really, it's, you know, it makes you proud to say, hey, I, I worked on that. Um, I've worked on everything from like the F-22, which is a fighter plane, and to sit there and see um, its capability and say, hey, I, I worked on this area. And I know that, you know, I did that, did this part really well on that. That makes you proud to everything from I worked on a commercial uh, launch program and when you when you're sitting there with all the customers and you're your the rocket's getting ready to launch and you have everybody has their name signed um on like the rocket fairing and so you can say, hey, my stuff's been to space. Right. So I you know, things like that really you know, r- really make me proud. And the fact that especially if for me, if it's a uh, hands on, if it's a piece of hardware that I got to touch and help test or build, um, it, you know, that's a sense of accomplishment as well.
0: So when you go and speak, I mean, are those the ones you sort of maybe uh, bring up? I mean, you're talking about F-22, you're talking about having items going into space. Is that stuff that, I mean, are those the ones that really stand out to you as being the ones that you mention and probably get people a little excited about some of the, the things you do?
1: Yeah. So those are, those are some of some of the um, items and those are the ones I probably hold closest to me. You know, there's a the variety of different things. Um, some of them people uh, I think uh, maybe don't, uh, can't correlate as much with, like, I could be really excited that we did a, a breadboard, um, test of, a, um, a piece of, um, avionics, but, you know, looking at circuit <laughs> boards, maybe on a bench is, is, right. is, is yeah. Hard, yeah. it's hard. Yeah. We get, to we know, get the fighter uh, jet,
0: we get the space shuttles and, you know, that kind of stuff. That, yeah. Th- those are the yeah. most sexy items. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, people, something that people can easily, uh, uh connect to, uh, I think are the ones that, I tend to, when I, when I speak are the ones that I use as, as an example, because people, people get it, um, more so than some of the other small things. Or if I look at, Hey, we were looking at, you know, solar cell technology and, and how you can use it for different things. And he was like, Oh yes, I got really excited about, a, a, a silicon <laughs> people, <laughs> people kind of look at you and it's, uh, your tickets right. in the room. So, <laughs> so, but you know, things like the F22 and then you show them a picture, of an F twenty two doing these really awesome maneuvers and screaming across the sky and you know people I think everybody you know has that Top Gun moment and thinks oh that's really cool
0: yeah it's yeah like you said it's a little little easier for us to be like oh you worked on that then now you're cool yeah good job
1: yeah exactly
0: clearly you enjoy what you do and there's a lot of benefits and and positive aspects to it are there any parts that you would point to as you know just as a sort of wake up call or an honest discussion on on the profession that are you know, things that are challenging, maybe more difficult than what you'd see as your average job. And what would you point to if, you know, there was a job seeker interested in finding out more?
1: I think in terms of things that make it more challenging, um, I, I think part of it might depend on what side of the industry you work on, whether it's defense or commercial. Um, sure. Especially if you look at today's economy, if you're working on the defense side of things, it's it's kind of rough going, especially um, when you, your career is held, your fate's kind of held in the hands of, of the the congressmen mm-hmm. and women. And that you've you've elected and and so much goes into whether or not they can produce a budget that will uh, allow you to continue to work. So it's something that you have absolutely no control over. um, And sometimes that can be uh, frustrating, especially when it it comes down to, I mean, it it goes back down to politics. And and I think everybody can um, uh, appreciate getting frustrated with with the politicians. So (laughs) We've had plenty of discussions
0: so, regarding, yeah, the economy and, uh, and politicians, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, that's that can be r- really frustrating, especially when, you know, you can see that, you know, maybe your product or people who, um, you know, having friends that either work for the FAA or for NASA, to know that, or for the government, and to know that um, they have to take every mm-hmm. Friday off because, and they mm-hmm. won't get paid for it, um, and how that impacts um their jobs and their families, and then being able to—I mean, it's a trickle effect. So, if if you know you have a contract with NASA, and I work for a private engineering, I can't—we don't get any work in um, with NASA and with our our government counterparts on that day. So it's it's almost it kind of stalls up everything, and then in the long run, makes everything right. cost more. So I think those are the really really big frustrations, those type of politics. And then of course, I think one of the things you get in most jobs are internal. Corporate type politics as well, and so which can also be <laughs> frustrating as, as as well. So, but I think y- you get that wherever. So, wherever, no matter what type of job, you, you kind of the reality of corporate America that you you you, you have these internal corporate politics and sure being yeah. played, and, and sometimes you know at the, you just want to scream and pull your hat and say, I just want to do my really <laughs> cool job and, and work. can can't we just can't we just stop fighting and just. Get back right, right, best. and as you
0: as you said, a lot of people can relate to that most likely. So,
1: yeah. So I think um, you know, I, I think those are things that we we face in life, uh, regardless. And but at the same time, you know how how we handle those situations, I think also define help define our careers and 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 how we can lead mm-hmm. and lead by
0: following. Another aspect of this that just popped in my head um, when I originally was was looking at this as a story idea. Uh, Among the sort of idea of challenges is, you know, you are dealing with what could be risky endeavors for not necessarily yourself, but for others that are going to be using the product or or the, you know, the the crafts possibly. Do you ever feel any sort of pressure or any sort of angst towards, hey, if we made some mistake that could cause, you know, not necessarily something like the challenger, but some sort of issue or could cause a, you know, other sort of problem in the air, which obviously sort of ups the ante a little bit. And does that cross your mind? Does that weigh on you at all in terms of stress or anything?
1: Oh, definitely. And I think it's part of the reason why, especially if you have anything that
0: um, impacts a man's
1: system, uh, whether it's an airliner, um, if you're working commercial space, um, you know, anything or, or something that, like a, a fighter plane where you're supporting your, your warfighter, you know, nobody wants to your mistake to um, you know cost somebody their lives so that's something that I think all, all engineers in any profession, whether you're a civil engineer designing a highway or you're an aerospace engineer designing a plane I think you take that responsibility very seriously and the impact that if you if you mess up that you know it could have uh, grave consequences and I think that's part of why um, engineers uh, when, when you hear of engineering accidents or anything a lot of the, a lot of times they're talking about um, a lot of margin of engineers tend to put lots of margin on uh, on their products to make sure that not only will they be safe but they'll be mm-hmm. really really safe so I think that's something that um, as engineers we all take seriously and I think that's part of you know again going back to you know challenges when you're under pressure by um, a customer or by uh, you know a government to to arrive at a solution that maybe cuts corners it's not you know, that that's not necessarily, I think a lot of engineers have a lot of uh, issues with that because nobody, when it comes to safety, nobody wants to cut a corner.
0: Sure. Of course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it seems like that could be a tough balance. And you had mentioned even, you know, the, the ideas of if there are political aspects to it, and obviously there's always a budget uh, with sort of that encompassing everything, and you, you talked about it briefly with the idea of um, some of the positions that are related to the federal side of things. Could you talk just briefly and, and maybe as, as general as you can about the compensation side? Because it is something that you know everyone is curious about, especially if they want to go into a field and maybe they think it's going to be high stress or a lot of schooling, that sort of thing. Uh, what could you fill us in on in terms of a little bit of you know just salary-wise or what the compensation is like for, in general, what you'd be getting into as an aerospace engineer?
1: Sure. So I think, uh, in, in general, the the starting pay for most engineers, it, it, um, aerospace engineers, it, it depends on what field you go. If you work for the government, say like the FAA, NASA, or Air Force, or what have you, versus private industry, the Boeing's and Lockheed's of the world, mm-hmm. uh, it, the pay is going to be uh, different. On the government side, you tend to start off at a lower pay grade, but you you can come up um, rather quickly. On the private industry side, uh, you start off a slightly higher uh, pay, but we'll um, increase that pay a, a little slower rate. Uh, and I also think part of the factor is um, where you take a job, where you'll be living. If you're working in, in say, California, your uh, starting pay is going to be significantly higher than, say, if you take a job in the Midwest. Sure. And that's just cost of living. So, I, I you know, that being said, I, I think on average, um, you know, when, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, um, I think the average starting pay was anywhere between forty to about $85,000, um, depending on wh- where you were going and right. if you're going to go government or private
0: sector. Right, right. As you said, there are always, uh, you know, sort of outside factors and other factors that go into it. But, uh, you know, just looking to give people a, a ballpark and you, you can always try to find the information uh, elsewhere as well. Uh, we are getting a little low on time, so I just want to sort of throw out here at the end as we do with all of our guests. Uh, if you had any last advice, maybe a takeaway for the job seekers that are possibly interested in this field, what would be sort of that last uh, piece of info that you'd want to, to get out there for us?
1: Sure. Network, 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 network. Um, go out and network by joining a professional society or doing anything like that in school. I think it really helps and then also not to underestimate the power of grunt work when you do get that first job. If you're doing what you might think of as a grunt work task or busy task, something that doesn't really interest you, um, you know, if, you're ju- if your boss asks you to do that and nobody else wants to do it, volunteer to do that because volunteering to, to do that sort of thing and to um, do what most people don't think is very, quote, fun, it's, it, it's being asked for a reason and your boss needs it for a reason and that will leave the most lasting impression on um your boss and those um that need it and the managers around you and i think that will speak more volumes about your capability and your ability to be kind of a team player and help you more in the long run
0: sounds like perfect advice to finish up on today we do appreciate that unfortunately we are going to have to wrap up the show today on ljn radio and are looking to uh, somewhat of a unique and um, of course important field our guest on I Want to Be an Aerospace Engineer has been Kim Hicks, a systems engineer with The Boeing Company. Thanks a lot for bringing us your knowledge and insight today, Kim. It's
1: my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: And that is all the time we have for this episode. But We want to know from you, the listeners, what other types of jobs may interest you. Just send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com if you have any comments or suggestions, really for any of our podcasts on LJN Radio. Once again, I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later.